Welcome to the Random Ask Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the name, this is a podcast where we bring on random guests, we ask them random questions, we try and learn a little bit. We have local people that know what they're doing and are masters in their fields, and we try and just have a little fun while we're trying to get a little educated. I'm Taj Sander, a local realtor with Royal LePage Westman Realty. I meet a lot of cool people in real estate. I sell good houses, I buy good houses, let's get into it. Joining me on the podcast today, we have Mayor Hopeful, Dieter Duty, and former councillor. So we're going to chat about Dieter's vision and what he's hoping to achieve in the city of Kamloops if he's elected mayor. Um, Dieter, welcome to the show and thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. I know it's super hectic right now and uh, the campaign's just about in full swing, hey? <laughs> just, just coming to that point where we're about to go hair straight back. Awesome. This is a this is a great opportunity though for you to kind of reach people in my audience and my age group who may not be too linked into um, you know local politics and things and may have missed your profile over the past several years. But um, in a nutshell, Dieter, who are you and how do you how do you link to Kamloops? Well, I uh, my wife grew up in Kamloops and I met her a number of years ago back in Victoria. And uh, after being in a number of different places, we came back down here because she had an ailing mother. Uh, while I was here, I, I um, had left the brokerage industry. I was a, a financial broker for a number of years and then uh, became a, a manager at, at Greyhound, running the agency that was there. And from there, entered into farming, um, which has been a passion of mine all my life, and entered the political fray back in 2011 when I ran for, for the mayor's office, primarily to ensure that there was some competition for the incumbent mayor at the time. And you did pretty well, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> my, my thought was that I was going to come in second. I honestly believed that that was going to be the case. But Wasn't I it a two-man race? <laughs> it, it, well, it, yeah, I suppose you could say that. But I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going to lose for about yeah. three, three to 4,000 votes, which would have been respectable. But yeah. I ended up losing by 235 votes. Which was amazing. And yeah. I, I, I was looking through the, the previous election results, and I thought, whoa, okay, so... Dieter's, Dieter's out there. <laughs> He's doing his thing. You got, you got the people behind you. But so in this election, how how did you make the decision to to run for mayor instead of council? And then also, how do you figure this differs from the previous time where you just kind of threw your name in? But now also there's also five other candidates for, or four other candidates running. Good, good questions. So number one, why? Um, you know, I've spent eight years on council and I think I've left my mark in terms of how people view me, which is generally a fairly measured, uh, level-headed individual who gives strong consideration to the issues that are brought forward, which I would continue to do it as mayor. But what I haven't been able to do as much on council that I could do as a mayor is bring my vision as to how I want to see Kamloops move forward over the years. And I'm not talking about the immediate future while we have to address that. It's more a case of addressing what's going to happen for the next generation. So you're 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now. What what are we doing now that's going to impact those times? And what, what do we need in place to ensure that uh, we complete our city and make it comfortable not just for its residents but for attracting other people to come here? So that, that essentially covers that part. As to the differences, you have to understand what, that when I ran for mayor, as I mentioned, it was strictly because I felt that uh, I, was, I needed to make the current mayor accountable for what had happened in the prior term um, and uh, just make him answer the, the, the tough questions, which he was able to do. 
what the public needs to remember is, is that it wasn't so much that they voted for me, they voted against the mayor because there were some contentious issues that happened in that term. So while I'd like to believe it was all me, yeah. that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, Peter was a strong mayor, um, and uh, I think that just happened to upset a few people in that particular term, and they took a backlash and saw me as being an alternative. Um, what differs now, because I have four opponents that uh, in their own right are all very, very strong, they have their particular reasons. My difference, I feel, is, is that I'm, without sounding too uh, pompous or anything, I think I'm the most well-rounded and most measured individual out there. Uh, the three things that I tell people that they can expect from me is that, number one, I will listen. Number two, I will deliberate. And number three, I will decide. And when I say I decide, I will make a decision whether it's something that resonates with everyone or not but it'll be based on the information that's given to me. I can respect that a lot. And, you know, in, in the conversation that I've just had with you today, um, one thing I really appreciate about you is that you you are very sensible and logical in, in your approach, but you also have a very calming demeanor, which isn't going to be picked up on the podcast, but I wanted to to uh, put that out there that, you know what, you you're able to bring everything levels down to a very calm manner. And that's where the most rational decisions are made. It's better than trying to be off the wall. So. Yeah, no, I, I can appreciate that. And I thank you for that. I don't know if you do that on purpose or if that's just part of your nature. No, it's me. Yeah, that's, it's good. It's, it's nice and it's kind of refreshing, um, especially when you see how polarizing politics is becoming now and how we have outliers on both sides of, you know, the left and right that are trying to play off emotions so much that, you know, you have somebody here who's got ideas and uh, I share a lot of what you share because I feel like, you know, we're looking at the future and if anything of the past four years or eight years kind of continues in that trend, I feel like for the next term, we're jeopardizing the, the long-term future of our city. Like there's so much that we need to plan and organize to make sure that we set ourselves up and like, our kids and like whatnot for success. And it, it's good to see that you identify that. Um, what are some of the issues that you feel need to be addressed immediately? Well, obviously top, top of the list would be our societal issues. That yeah. we have. Um, you know, social, social uh, ills uh, have affected this, uh, this city since probably well, they've always existed, but I think uh, became exacerbated probably since the fires of 2017 when we had more of an influx of, of homeless people into our community. Some have left since that time again, gone back to their respective communities, but some decided to stay. And there was an element that came in with them that, uh, that brought about disruption and uh, created a lot of the ills that we see today. So that's top of mind because it's brought about more crime, so we need to address that. Um, it's become unacceptable. It's made people angry. It's made me angry. It's made people frustrated, and it's made me frustrated along with my council members. So that's that's the first major issue that needs to be discussed at, uh, because it's probably the one that affects most of the people in this community. Housing, number two, you know, quite easily, you know, we have a we have a housing shortage. Uh, the inventory is extremely low. We have to find a, a means of streamlining the process so that uh, developers and builders can get out there and get things done in a timely manner. I honestly believe that if a developer came to me or obviously wouldn't be coming to me, but coming to the planning department and shows that whatever that development is or that particular house is, it meets everything that's within within the OCP as far as criteria go. Why is it coming to council? 
Yeah. It doesn't need to. Why are we wasting six to nine months on something that should go ahead right away? Not only that, but taxpayer money for all of that time, the meetings, organizing everything that it's, exactly. it, it needs to be expedited. And I know that from the standpoint of real estate where I look at it and um, a beautiful example of how efficient a system is, is the city of Calgary. Yeah. Um, I look at them and I see how quickly they go and how they've just, they've just, streamlined it and uh, that's what we need right of course uh, it helps that the guy that's running the city happened to be from Canada. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. maybe eh? yeah, yeah maybe david duckworth who's the city manager in, in uh, calgary was uh was one of the directors of our city of Calum, so. well how are you gonna get him back here <laughs> like, <laughs> this is another problem uh, though yeah. that we have is like our our department is is losing a lot of staff and it's understaffed so i feel like they catch a lot of flack for um not meeting uh not meeting the requirements, but they just don't have enough people. And well, yes, and, and, and you, you're you right on that. You know, if you don't have a full complement of people working on issues, you're not going to get things done in a timely manner. However, we can still manage to take a lot of that red tape out of yeah. the way, which makes things a lot easier. We may need to change the mindset of what's going on, too, within that department in terms of how are we going to – we've approached things like this for the last 25, 30 years. Well, maybe it's time to change that. Maybe it's time to find a way that makes it uh, – easier for developers to do things without, you know, putting the integrity of the project at risk. Dieter, my man, you are, you are singing my tune right now. I'm loving what you're saying because this is exactly what I want to hear. And this is also some of the, to be frank, some of the biggest criticism that I heard about you that you're addressing right now is that you would just be more of the same or you would be a continuation of the old guard. Um, which I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to offend you. <laughs> no, but, no, you're not offended. Nothing but, can offend me. Yeah. But that's, that's what I've heard. And you know, I feel like it's just because people haven't given you a chance to talk and, and, and in, in the process of doing these, these interviews, I've, I've noticed that the perception that's put out there for a lot of candidates is very, very far from who they really are. Yeah. And so it's, it's good to actually hear from the horse's mouth, what you're, what you're trying to you do. You know, and I think that some of that perception probably comes from the fact that in council, and, and, and it would differ as mayor because you, you're given more opportunity to voice what you have to say, but in council, I'm probably one of the quieter people. And the reason for that is, is because unlike some others, I don't speak to the camera. Yeah. If, if something has been brought up and it's been acknowledged, then there's no point in me saying the same thing over again. Yeah. I'm not a parrot. I'm not going to say what has already been there. Um, but, however, if I feel there are gaps or there are things that, uh, that uh, don't smack um, truthful or, or clear, then I'm going to question it. Yep. And I'm going to bring it to light and say, what are we doing about this? The one thing you'll find about me as a mayor is, number one, I hate going off topic. I am a, I am a guy who has a pet peeve about that. If a recommendation is very clear, then we speak to the recommendation, not to something that's way off in left field. And, and that is one of the things that I feel that needs to be done. Let's be economical, not just with our money, but with our time. Mm, true. True. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Um, if elected mayor, what kind of council would you like to see? What, what do you, what do you, what do you, what makes a good council? Just out of curiosity, like what, what's the best kind of thing that you would, you could hope for? Well, the best council is one that respects each other and their opinions. Yeah. Because you, you, you're going to have eight different people on council with uh, eight diverse opinions with respect to everything that's out there. And they may, some may share the same thing. What I want to see is a council that is willing to deliberate respectfully yeah. and, and, 
and actually make sure that they understand the situation and not just spout off rhetoric that, that doesn't have any base in truth. Um, yeah, and, and get to the point. Yeah. You know, be salient about it. Work together to try to find something that is going to benefit the community. There have been many times in the last eight years as being on council that I have actually voted counter to what I felt individually mm. because I felt, no, what I think, you know, uh, you know, individually may not necessarily be the same thing that's needed for the whole community. That's huge. You know, if it, I think that's a really, really big part of representing this town is dissociating yourself and your personal views from the views of the people that are putting you in office, right? Being able to do that and just understand the concepts, the problems that come before you and be willing to learn, right? And because mm -hmm. I find that not not only in politics, but in life in general, people will oftentimes just dig their heels in and say, this is my stance and this is it because I said so or, you know, whatever have you. But being able to, to collaborate, adapt and learn is, is huge. And I hope, I hope moving forward, whoever is in our city hall is able to do that and exemplifies those attributes because that's, that's the only way we're going to really make progress. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, to, to uh, just add to the the question that you asked me, the, the other thing that's very important is be careful with trying to have wholesale change yep. in terms of a council. You know, you take you take a whole council out of the equation, including the mayor, and put nothing but new people into it, you're you're making it very hard on your staff. You need some continuity. So you have to look for those people that you think have, have been strong in the last council that are continuing to run and uh, maybe give strong consideration as to whether or not you want that little bit of experience there to help others through it. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm supporting anybody or, or not, but I will just say not, not only in council, but like I, I have a, a business background. So like when you're looking at a corporation, you don't want a clear cut um, restructuring of all of the corporate officers, right? Mm -hmm. you, you need some people there to onboard and kind of show other people the ropes and that's kind of the way that i looked at it where it's not it's not about the views but just to kind of get a basic understanding of the of the process right like whatever yeah. your political views are and what you're trying to do that should be independent and remain to each person and that's fine but the processes are the same for every counselor the every meeting and every every motion and how you go through things but it's the learning curve right if you want to expedite the learning curve it's going to be quicker to have someone show you kind of how, how it all works. It's like getting into a new job rather than learning from trial and error. It is a new job, right? Well, it is, except error. you're on the job from the day you get there. Exactly. So you can have trial and error. There's no, tra there's no training period. Yeah, exactly. So that's, um, that's, a, that's a good point. And that's something that uh, I haven't had anybody else really address. But no, that's, these, are, these are really good points. What are... Aside from politics, what are some of your passions and what um, what do you like to do? Who are who are you as a person? How, how can the people at home actually kind of get to know you besides the views that you have? Well, I think a good portion of the community knows me to be a, uh, an organic grower. Yeah. So I, I, I have a 10-acre farm out in Westside, and um, I love engaging with people on Wednesdays and Saturdays at market. And, yeah. And uh, sell my wares to them. But more importantly, I get to know them individually. Yeah. And, and uh, some bring their... Their opinions to me at market, and some don't, but uh, yeah. but I've established some incredibly good relationships. On top of that, food-related, I love to cook. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. You know, I love to cook. Um, I'm a 
I'm an avid reader when I get a chance. Problem is, is that I generally read when I go to bed, so I last about five minutes and I fall asleep. <laughs> but I do enjoy I do enjoy reading. My downtime, when I have it, uh, I enjoy uh, sitting on a lake with a rod out there. May not yeah. necessarily be catching anything, but just communing with nature. And then, yeah. uh, I enjoy people and discussion. Yeah, like, I love discussion. I'm uh, I'm not the type of guy who goes to a party and wants to sit down and play games. I'd rather be involved in. in meaningful yep. discussion on whatever the topic may be. Um, I love to laugh. Yep. I love to make stupid jokes. Really? Um, yeah. That, that catches me <laughs> off guard because I thought you were kind of quiet and stoic and just uh, like. You haven't spent any time with me. Not yet, eh? No, not <laughs> so, yet. But um, Yeah, I'm a punster. So yeah. that's. That's awesome. So I like that's, that. That's, uh, uh, that's sneaky. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I, and and I, I have a, I, I always said that the three most important things in my life are people, food, and wine. Not yeah. necessarily in that order. Yeah. Well, so. it depends on the people. You might need more wine. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Depending to seeing how the election goes. Yeah. I have a I have a passion for for all those things. Yeah. And people are people are spectacular. They bring each and every person is unique and and has something that you can learn from. Even even the most hardened of people have something about them that would endear them to you. Yeah, definitely. And I I can relate to that. I love talking to people. I just like to to get some experience of who they are or some understanding of who they are and who they're, what their experiences yeah. are. Because I mean, as a, as a human being, we have a singular life, right? Like, and our experiences are limited to what we know. So the only way we can learn is through conversation. Exactly. And this is like exactly. it, 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 precisely what the entire premise of this, well, <laughs> I'm is. learning so much about you because of the conversation. Right. Um, but it's, it's uh it's a beautiful thing. How, how long have you had the farm? Bought the property in 1994, started building the house in 95, probably started farming in 97, started the farmer's market in 98. So, yeah. Long oh, wow. Time. Yeah, I've been at it a long time. 24 years. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's been, uh, it's been a work of love. When I'm mayor, of course, I have to hire a, a manager to, yeah. to run the facility because I'm not going to be able to be there. It's a mayor is a full-time position. Yeah. Even though they say council isn't, it still has a, right. it's, it's still devote a lot of hours to, to what you do. But I managed to make that work as mayor. I wouldn't. But the one thing I would promise is that I will always be at the Saturday market. Yeah. So imagine being able to go to market and meet with your mayor every Saturday. And you can buy my pot- tomatoes. You have to buy them. But yeah. Then you can throw them. That's in. exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You're going to be so, selling the tomatoes. Yeah. They're going to be throwing them right back. Yeah, oh, that's so. going to be great. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have any pets, any animals uh, on the farm? We have a, a dog named Richie that we got last year. We'd had quite a number of dogs before that uh, when my wife and I um, were together. When my, my, my wife passed two and a half years ago. So, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, so we'd had a number of golden retrievers, and her favorite was one border collie that we had. Last year I got another border collie, but it seems that my sister-in-law, who also lives on the farm, has... Uh, has adopted him. So oh. I don't have, and we have barn cats. And You're too busy campaigning. Yeah. Well, the dog exactly. found a new Yeah, <laughs> and I have family in town, and um, yeah. and that's, so it's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good life. No, it's good. I, I absolutely love dogs. And when I was yeah. younger, we, um, when I was really young, we lived in Merritt until I was about eight or nine, and we had 24 acres. So mm-hmm. I, I think that would be comparable. And we had uh, dogs and things out, out in the yard, and I have a dog now, and I, my dog's like my best friend. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> well, it's unconditional love on the dog's part. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, something that we can learn from. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, oh, that's awesome. So, to get back to kind of the profile and a little bit more information about what you're trying to achieve here in the city. So, 
moving forward, where where can people find you if they want to support you? Obviously, we know the farmers market. Get there in person. But um, do you have a website or a Facebook page or? Well, yes, media? and we also have we also have a campaign office, which yeah. is uh, on uh, on Seymour Street, the old Valley Village. And we have a portion of that. They, they gave you the entire Valley well, Village. It's not, it's not the entire one. We have the <laughs> we have the like, we have the center portion of it. We're how sort big of, is this campaign? No wonder this dog left you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually spacious. It's sixty six hundred square feet, but you know we'll, we'll make that work. It's, yeah, uh, just a little place. Uh, you know? yeah, like, just, but. Um, yeah, otherwise, you can go to my my uh, website, which is DeeterDutyForMayor.com. Yeah, and there there would be a lot of uh, stuff on there. You can you can go to my f- um, email page, which is ThistleFarmOrganics at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, and you can reach me any number of ways that way. And awesome. fa- there's a Facebook page, you know, so you go to Dieter Duty, but it'll have Dieter Duty for Mayor on there. Yeah, so there there are a number of things that you can do. Awesome. That's good. I just want to make sure that if uh, if people want to follow you, support you, that they have at least those avenues to try and reach you mm-hmm. and see where you're at. Um, as for the campaigning and the, the going about trying to get into a, into City Hall and secure your seat there, what are the what are the challenges that you feel like you're facing right now? Primarily, um, I think people's perception of where I stand on that main issue. Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm trying to ensure that and articulate the fact that I am as frustrated and angry as they are and yep. that I am going to work to making something happen that's going to alleviate the, uh, the, the effects of that. Um, on top of that, uh, I think the main challenge is getting people to, and I don't necessarily consider it a difficult challenge, but getting people to buy into my vision for Camelot's for the future. So yep. I feel that uh, we have been... Um, sort of absent on that front for, for quite a number of years. We have concentrated on, on just the business of running the city as opposed to the business of growing the city and completing the city. So we, we need amenities that need to be put in place that will attract quality professional people in, you know, into Kamloops. We have a doctor shortage. Doctors are not going to come here if they feel they don't have the things that they want to go to. Absolutely. So I am a, a strong and a, so far the only proponent that has voiced his, his support of a performing arts center. I am a proponent of bringing about other amenities such as a public market, the, um, a, a museum and cultural center, anything of the like that, that will attract people to our community. Um, but it's not just to attract them, it's also to make them available for the people in our community and they become a focal point. They're a reason to come down to the, to the downtown area. Absolutely. There's okay. So I get what you're saying because I'm, I'm in that generation where we're looking like, where do we want to live? Do, mm-hmm. And even right now, if Kamloops doesn't get better, this might not be a city where I want to stay, but I have friends and clients like the, I had a city planner who left and uh, moved to the Island. I have uh, another friend who's a surgeon that was offered a job here and would have been paid magnificently. <laughs> yeah. And she turned it down, and she's going to uh, another hospital that hasn't actually even offered her a full-time position yet, but she just doesn't want to live in Kamloops. So now, th- this was one of the things that I'm looking at moving forward. Like, why, where are we failing so miserably 
that we can't keep our young people, nor can we attract the the services and the professionals that we need because we're in dire need of, of well, city planners and doctors, but but everybody, right? If this continues, it's going to hurt our trades. It's going to hurt uh, every aspect of our society. So uh, I understand from the housing point how crucial it is, but then also like the, the livability and the, the quality of life, right? Like we need to elaborate on that. And I, I'm really glad that you've identified that because the crime and, and the social issues are at the forefront of the battle for Kamloops right now. And, and they will be and they're going to continually be. But we can't just focus solely on the one issue. I feel like we got to make sure that we're adequately represented because if you start just, you know, looking at the one aspect, I feel like we're going to lose track of everything else. And we've dropped the ball on everything else for so long. <laughs> like, well, exactly. So, so view, view it as a hub. View the city as a hub. And, and crime and homelessness and all that is one spoke in that hub. Yeah. So y- you have many more. Yep. that you have to address, whether it's housing, whether it's uh, amenities, whether it's your, your basic sewers, stuff like that, you know, um, uh, quality of life, any number of those things within there to, to help run a city properly. You know, you're not just going to do it on a single issue. In fact, if you do, everything else is going to suffer as a result of it. Yep. So we, we have to take that into account. As to you know, your question that you made, and it's a very good question, actually, is where are we failing um, I remember years ago when I used to go down on the lower mainland, um, I would drive into Chilliwack, and there was a great big billboard that was on the side of the road, and it had the mayor's picture on it. And on there was a statement that says, Chilliwack, we're open for business. Call me the mayor at such and such a number. It was spectacular. I thought, what an incredibly progressive way to, to promote your city and get business to come and invest in your community. We need the same thing. We have concentrated our efforts over the years to, to business retention and never taken into account the fact that there are a lot of people that may want to come here and actually establish businesses. And those people that come here bring families and they, bring, they help to increase that tax base. Uh, we, we need those people to feel invited and I don't think that we've managed to do that well. Um, we haven't put out the red carpet for people that want to invest in this community and that needs to be done. Um, as we grow, we are, you know, we're growing exponentially at this point in time. We're well over 100,000 people now, closing in on 110, and that's just going to grow all that much faster as we move along. We are a desirable community, but there are certain elements within it that we need to work on. But the biggest thing I'll tell you right now is, is make people feel welcomed. I, my eyes lit up as soon as you said open for business, because it kind of reminds me of, uh, even in Ontario, when, uh, uh, what was it? Ford became mm-hmm. premier and that was his thing. He said, we're open for business yeah. we want to get it going. And I thought, you know, it's good just to put it out there and make everybody know that, hey, you know what? We're willing to work with people because not only do we got to establish and support our local businesses, but we got to create new opportunities too and make sure because it benefits everybody. It benefits the community and it benefits the existing uh, businesses that we have. So I'm, I'm so on board with that, that we just got to make sure that our business community is feeling the support and we, we provide them, you know, incentives and help wherever we can. But mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Like it's, you have a very well-rounded approach to things and perspective that it's, it's like you said, not just focused on the single aspect, but you kind of have the whole, the big picture of it all. And it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, I find to see where the city 
goes to with their support and who they vote for and how much and you know what the other thing i'm really curious to see is how much the, of the city actually comes out and votes this time well that's that's i'm hoping for a lot i i i'd i'm a bit skeptical and and, and i i would love if we had you know for me i'd be joyful if 40 percent came out the best i've seen and this is my fourth campaign uh, in the prior three campaigns, the least I saw was the first one I was in, and 29% of the voting public came out. The highest was 32%, and that yeah. was in 2014. It, it, it's just abysmal. And the, the, the reason behind it, more than anything, is that, number one, local government is boring. It's and not flashy. It's not. It's not yeah. like provincial politics or, or... There's no big money behind well, it. And there, <laughs> there are no parties that, that yeah. emphasize things. You have individuals, and to them it's... You talk to a person about local government, they say, oh, well, they deal with, you know, like uh, garbage, uh, dog licenses, uh, streets, things like that. To, to them, that's what they see. Um, yet, at the same time, there's a, a strong part of that community that also says, well, whatever happens in our community, council should fix it, even yeah. if it isn't our problem. <laughs> you can't do much, but you're responsible yeah. for everything. Exactly. <laughs> we are. And, and, and frankly, you know, whether it's snow clearing or... or yeah. Or, um, you know, dealing with the homelessness situation. It's, it's on us. And you have to learn to recognize that and not take it personally and just say, okay, fine. I understand where you're coming from. We'll look for an answer. We'll go, we'll do whatever we can. It's, yeah, it's good. And I think you, you got a lot of answers. I have, a, I had a lot of questions and you had a lot of answers and I'm, I'm pretty happy about this conversation and coming away kind of enlightened as to who you are and what you want to do for the city. But, um, yeah, it's it's in uh, it's in the hands of the Kamloops citizens now. So mm -hmm. I hope they uh, ask questions, right? Get get a hold of you whenever they can, however they can. Um, throw tomatoes if they have to. Yeah, well, you know, like <laughs> I like tomatoes. <laughs> um, but you know what? Ask questions. Pick get the soft ones. Though. Yeah, pick the soft ones. Um, yeah. But get get out there, right? This, this was a, this was the whole point of me trying to do this was to just find either for something that people would hate or love about all of the candidates and just, you know, try and get some reason to get out there and vote or even look deeper into it and find a reason to vote. Because to me that 29, 30% is abysmal. It's, it's, it's laughable. It's so pathetic. Like we, we need to make an effort because now I feel like we're at the precipice of such great change and either something really good can come of it or something not good at all, <laughs> to be yeah, frank. Yeah, and, and, and I understand where you're coming from with regard to that. I think, um, I'm just trying to think, if you were to take a look at a citizen satisfaction survey, you would find that the large number of Kamloopsians actually love their life here. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's actually impressively high, even though we've seen these problems, and even after the, the problems that we've experienced, you're going to see that it's, it's actually quite, quite good. Um, and as a result, they f don't feel a need to get too engaged. Um, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, whereas if you, you look at provincial or federal politics, there's always usually a pretty good juicy scandal that's going on yeah. that, uh, that comes to light and, and it affects people. They become more engaged in the process and certainly more ready to, to jump out there and, and voice their discontent. And, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem to happen as much on the local level. Have, have you seen any scandals at City Hall that got swept under the rug that you can tell us about? No, nothing? No, nothing. Nothing. You know, like, it's, it's, it's incredible what people believe that we do do and, and can do. Um, you know, if I could leave one parting thing on that, it's that the conflict of interest rules are such that you could do, even if you were that 
way you could absolutely do nothing to try to line your own pockets. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's very stringent. It's, it's much easier to do it at, at other political levels. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah, hard to be corrupt in city. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. I have no experience with it. I, I wouldn't think so. But then also because I feel like people don't really take an interest in anything at the city that no one would really be willing to pay you guys. <laughs> no, how, how many people do you think are, are going to spend their time and say, geez, you know, let's have a great discussion about the sewage treatment plant. Yeah. And those are important things that, yeah. that we have in the city. They don't see that the, the big discussions we may have on aspirational things because we haven't had a lot of aspirational things. Hmm. You, know? you need you need some some fresh ideas in there, yeah. But um, yeah, again, October fifteenth, it's creeping up now, yep. and uh, people got to get out there and just you know voice their opinions and hopefully, hopefully the city's put in good hands. Yes, that's yeah. that's the main thing. Yeah. Let's make sure that whoever is in control of the city uh, is committed and willing to put in the time to do a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's just hope it's me. <laughs> Let's hope it's Dieter. <laughs> awesome, Dieter. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me. This is uh, this is a good chat. I I think we we crossed a lot of uh, things off my list, and um, it's good to know where you stand. And you know what? Just chatting with you, it's it's kind of kind of good to get an idea of who you really are instead of you know the idea uh, that's out there sometimes. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, show me some love on social media. If you know of anyone that we should feature here on the podcast, hit me up. Or if you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate, drop my name.